Blog Talk Radio. Why not now? Why not here in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof? My name is Jason Dias, and I am Generation X. And my name is Caitlin Anderson, and I am Generation Next. And together we bring you the only online radio show about all the latest and greatest Christ-centered things happening right here in New Braunfels, Texas. And we are at the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast Circa 2015. Caitlin, the place is packed. It is. It's filling up pretty quickly. Um, it's great to see all these people here that we've had on our show before. That's right, it is. Lord, hear our cry is the theme for today's prayer breakfast. If you can't make it, you can listen to it going from 6.30 to 8 here at the New Braunfels Civic Center. And of course, Caitlin, we talked about it last week on the show, um, but a good friend of the show, Dr. Kendrick Kaler, is going to be giving the keynote address, and I'm really looking forward to that. I am as well. Kendrick's a member of my church, and it was great to talk about it um, with him the past couple of weeks, and I've been looking forward to it as well. Of course, we've had him on the show before, so you, most of our listeners have heard at least a little bit of his story, but I'm excited what, to see what he has to say today. That's right. Quick history on the National Day of Prayer. Fasting and prayer are religious exercises. The enjoining them act of discipline. Every religious society has a right to determine for itself the time for these exercises and the objects proper for them according to their own particular tenets, and the right can never be safer than in their hands, where the Constitution has deposited. Thomas Jefferson said that in 1808. It could never be more true today. And so back in 1983, we started the National Day of Prayer, which actually started in 1775 when the Continental Congress asked the colonies to pray for wisdom in forming a nation. The call for prayer has continued through our history, including President Lincoln's proclamation of a day of humiliation, fasting in prayer in 1863, and in 1952, a joint resolution by Congress signed by President Truman declared an annual day of prayer. In 1988, the law was amended and signed by President Reagan. Rinaldus Magnus permanently stating the day as the first Thursday of every May each year. No surprise that President Reagan, another one of his very, very good ideas. No, of course, I love President Reagan, and we all know that. <laughs> he's my favorite. And you're going to tell us a bit about Dr. Kaler? Yes, I am. Um, he's actually a New Braunfels native. He graduated from New Braunfels High School. Um, he played football, basketball, and ran track at New Braunfels High School, and he graduated in 1981. Um, then he went on to receive a track nomination for the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, and he ran track there for four years, and then he graduated from West Point in 1985. Um, he went on to serve in the Sinai Desert of Egypt in 1987, um, where unfortunately he suffered a traumatic Jeep accident. It left him paralyzed from the lower chest down. Um, and he always desired to be a physician, and he had been accepted to medical school prior to his accident. He graduated from the University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston in 1993, despite his disability. Um, he felt an overwhelming call from God to go to the mission field, and he accepted a position as a volunteer physician with the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, um, where he served at the Bangladesh. I can't pronounce this, Bangla, I'm sorry, Christian Hospital in Thailand um, from, na- from 98 to 2000. Um, and then I also cannot not pronounce his name, but he went to Cambodia 
where he founded Cooperative Services International Clinic um, in the Cambodian Armed Forces Hospital. And he cared for thousands of poor Cambodians, educated many young Cambodian medical students all the way up until 2006. Most of those medical students have gone on to become practicing pediatricians, neurosurgeons, and internists in the country. Um, he then went on to go back to the United States to assist the U.S. Army as a civilian physician uh, until 2009 at the huge Fort Hood installation during the Army surge in Iraq. Once that surge ended, Kendrick became the VA physician back in New Braunfels. In 2012, God provided the opportunity uh, for him to assist the surgeon, Dr. Cornelia Hainer, in opening the Sonia Kiel Memorial Hospital in Cambodia, where they're currently training over 20 family practice residents. And his Kendrick's 501c3 nonprofit, Gilead's Hope, raises funds to provide surgical and medical interventions for poor Cambodians who would otherwise die. And the website for that is gileadshope.org. Very cool. Like I've mentioned many times, Dr. Kaler and I were actually stationed just less than 300 meters apart uh, when we were stationed at Fort Ord, California. He was there in 85. Um, I started there in 86. He was the 5th Battalion, 21st Infantry, and I was 4th Battalion, 21st Infantry. And um, so we have that history that goes way, way back. Now, we are, we are up front in the Civic Center looking out uh, from left to right. The stage is on our left, and the breakfast line is to our right. And, Caitlin, they got the line stretched all the way to the stage. It really does. And I'm going to be quite honest with you now. I kind of wish I was in that line right now because I am very hungry, but that's okay. I didn't know they had biscuits and gravy. I might have gotten in line a long time ago. I um, know. It actually looks really good. Hey, folks, we want to thank our uh, sponsors for today's event. Um, I want to start by thanking HMT Engineering and Serving, Howard Payne University. We had them on the show just uh, uh, this past Monday. Blue Bonnet. Uh, Motors and the YMCA. Also, BDI, Hill Country Dermatology, Rocky Hill Equipment Rentals, and the Mechanic Foundation. And of course, Trinity Outdoor Living, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Um, Caitlin, I'm going to miss going to PSA practice every Thursday morning because I always stopped and got bar uh, breakfast tacos from Rudy's. Very underrated breakfast tacos, I might say. Um, the Brian T. Boyd CPA PC and Chick fil A up at West Point Village. We just saw Hal Leedy and his Chick fil A crew. Also, Supplies, Sperry Van Ness, Hill Country Medical Associates, and, of course, the New Braunfels Christian Academy. Also, T-Bar-M and T-Bar Camps, Kevin and Brandy Webb, Christian Brothers Automotive, CBMC, host of, and this is the period breakfast hosted by the New Braunfels Christian Business Men's Connection. All righty. Well, we definitely are excited to be here. I think everyone's just getting breakfast right now, um, and hopefully they'll start going here in a couple minutes. That's right. We're going to step out for just a second, and we'll be right back. After this. This is Pastor Don Fraker of Cross Lutheran Church and School, and you're listening to One City Under God. Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met. Every single day of your life Blessed be your name When I'm found in the desert place I walk This is Pastor Jeff Marco from the New Braunfels Church of the Nazarene and you're listening to One City Under God. Every you call out, I'll turn back 
Pastor Marco's bump, and he just walked up. He just walked up. Pastor Marco just walked up. I see your daughter's doing the, I think it's the Old Testament reading. That's got to be pretty cool. I didn't even know she was in the oh. program. <laughs> Well, hey, we just had her on the show as well. And it's not Amanda Hooper, it's Whitney Hooper. So that's really cool. We just played Shutter Bump and he, and he walked right up. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, Ashley Marco graduating from the Rompos Fishing Academy. Aaron Headley graduating from the Fishing Academy going out too. And, of course, Aaron's also going out to Baylor University. So you might see him on campus up there. Yeah, I just met him. He's a business major. Pretty awesome. Very, very cool. Um, speaking of that, uh, we're going to get started here after folks eat with the welcome by the chamber president from the chamber, uh, Rusty Brockman, uh, Pastor Phil Congdon. Again, we mentioned his daughter on the show just on Monday. Uh, Abby Congdon is going to give the invocation. Lindsay Setliff is going to sing the national anthem. And Arthur Johnson from the Christian Academy is going to be the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, NBCA Choir, you were talking to Peyton Miner, who we've had on the show. Uh, she's a member of the choir. She's going to be singing. Uh, and we have some comments from the mayor. Uh, Baron Castile, and we just talked to Ashley Marco's dad, uh, and Aaron Headley be doing the New Testament reading, Ashley Marco will be doing the Old Testament reading, and then of course we'll get to the, um, the address by our speaker, Dr. Kendrick Kaler, and they're going to close with a song by the NBCA Choir. So it looks like a fun morning. My only regret is, like you said, I did not get in line to eat. I know. I wish I would have gotten food earlier. But, you know, Kendrick, events like this really are great because, obviously, um, if you haven't noticed already, we're seeing a lot of people that we know and a lot of people that have been on the show before, people from our church, people that we know, because um, I used to go to the Christian Academy, uh, several different reasons. But it's really a great reminder of the Christian community that we do live in and how blessed we are to live here in New Braunfels, Texas. Um, and so I love events like this because it is the mayor's prayer breakfast and it's involving our faith in real life and it's engaging our faith. Um, and so I think events like this are a really great way to encourage and inspire one another in our faith. Speaking of dads, I see the tall redhead known as D. Anderson, also known as your dad. Uh, he didn't get in line very early either because he's already he's way back by the stage. He may he may be eating brunch by the time he gets up there. I don't even see him. He's so far back in line. Oh, nope. I, you know, I see him. I found him now. And little brother should be around here somewhere. He's probably at the very front of the line. Knowing, say, knowing Carter, he eats so much. I see uh, Mr. I saw Mr. Headley from the Christian Academy. I can see Mr. Pipkin from the New Braunfels Christian Academy. Uh, the Christian Academy kids are walking around in their familiar gray T-shirts. Uh, last year they helped. I can see some pastors from Oakwood. I see Pastor Rusty Rice. Uh, from Oakwood, out in the middle of the floor. And there's little brother, big brother Carter. And you can probably hear the folks talking and walking by. It was just crazy. I almost didn't recognize Pastor Marco when you first rolled up on us. Well, I'm, I normally don't recognize any of the guests. So when they approach me in person, I'm just so embarrassed because I don't recognize them. Because I've only talked to them. I've never seen them in person before. But normally, once we get to talk and I realize who they are, and it's just great to meet them in person. Like I said, I guess we'll kick off the the actual... Events will start, I guess they start about 7 o'clock to give folks about 30 minutes to eat. Um, I can now prove to Caitlin that I did set up the show for the right amount of time. <laughs> perfect, perfect, Jason. But normally when you don't set up the show for the right amount of time, we just go over it and it yeah, only works out fine anyways. 
But if you're listening, that way you won't lose, you won't lose the live feed like at the uh, Keep Christ in Christmas <laughs> concert. So we're just going to step out and uh, listen to the crowd here for a second, and we'll be right back after this. <laughs> This is New Braunfels, Texas, one city under God. I've done enough and that I haven't been taught. I don't know what I was born into the family I got. I don't know if I ever had an original thought. Maybe not, maybe so, maybe later. D. Anderson just walked by. He's getting close. I noticed Carter just cut in line. <laughs> Typical little brother move. Hey, he's got to eat, right? I don't want to talk to him before he eats, so I'm pretty thankful that he cut in line. Cause I was going to give him five bucks to bring me a biscuit, but I guess he, I didn't get a chance to tell him. <laughs> I guess not. Jason, the last time we were here at the Civic Center together, it was actually for the Keep Christ in Christmas concert. That's right. That was a great event. I was just telling uh, Jenna Theme last night that uh, we saw a mariachi band and they were singing, uh, I can never think of the name of the song until I hear the chorus, How Great Thou Art, uh, yeah. by a mariachi band, which I had never in my life heard. And it was so cool. Um, but yeah, this is our last remote. Uh, we've done some pretty crazy remotes. We've been here a couple times. We've been out at Chick-fil-A. We've been at your church. We've been at Certino's Coffee. Uh, this one's going very smoothly. The Wi-Fi is holding up. I haven't been nervous once. No, I think our definitely our worst remote broadcast ever was the Chick-fil-A one. I don't know what we were thinking, but we're like, yeah, let's do a show for two and a half hours. That would be great. Or three hours. That would be awesome. We can talk for that long, definitely. And it just didn't, I don't know, we just kind of rambled like the whole time. So, I mean, it was a good event. It was a good show. It was really fun. Just a little bit long. A little long, yeah. It was Veterans Day uh, a couple of years back when Chick-fil-A was given out. Uh, it was a free, it was a free meal for veterans and their families. And uh, you heard me mention Hal Leedy. Uh, he came into New Braunfels, opened up that new Chick Fil A at West Point Village, and he's just been an absolute stone cold, a wonderful member of the community. Donated a ton of stuff to the Cross Lutheran Gala. Uh, did a lot of stuff for us during the sports season. It's like you said, Caitlin. It is very, very nice to be involved in a Christian community where we're all building together the kingdom of God. It really is, and I, I was talking about that earlier, and I couldn't agree with you more. It's really great to see all of my brothers and sisters in Christ here today. Normally, I don't eat a big breakfast, but i got to tell you, I, I can't get those biscuits and gravy out of my mind. I might have to go grab those. When <laughs> I'll, I'll hold down the fort if you need to go grab some biscuits, as long as you grab one for me, too. I'll sell you a ticket. Yeah, I'm thinking I might text my brother to tell him to come bring me a biscuit. No, no, no. <laughs> Someone just asked us where the TMZ booth. Not quite. Uh, they've got much, much better equipment than we do. But so far, so good. Um, it is uh, now 45 minutes after the hour, so they've been going for about 15 minutes. I think we've got about 15 more minutes, and we'll get going. I think that's Luke Adams right there, and there's Terry Adams. Yeah, yeah. it is. Let me try to get his attention. Oh, 
Uh, I mean, Jason is like flagging down Luke Adams right now. He's waving his hands in the air like a crazy man. Hi, Luke. How are you? Luke, man, how are you? Luke Adams just walked. Well, we called him over. He didn't just walk up. I called him over. No, no, no. You <laughs> waved him down like a crazy man. Correction. So where are you going to college? Have, uh, you, have you decided? University of Mary Hunter Bailey. Oh, Mary Hart and Baylor. All right. Very cool. Very, very awesome, cool. Awesome. You're right down the road from you. Yeah, you'll be like half an hour from me. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Tell your mom we said hey. I saw your mom over there, so I'm sure she's busy. Very busy. Yep. It's fun. I'm excited. Hey, so congratulations on your graduation. I'm working on the. I'm working on the. Uh, Goodbye video for Mr. Dirt, and so I had a bunch of old shots of y'all uh, from back in the Aww, day. Oh, back in the day. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Seeing everybody I know today. Bye, Luke. <laughs> Take care, Luke. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, the breakfast line at least is dying down a little bit here this morning. Up. Oh. Jason's trying to pull up the photo. The hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. Oh my gosh, it is Thursday. Look at that. Perfect. I actually had quite forgotten it was Thursday. This one goes way back. Oh, yep. That was before my time. Yeah, that was before you. I'm going to find the one. I didn't even recognize them when I saw it. I'll confess that scrolling through pictures does not make for exciting radio. But no. Wow, that's so <laughs> weird. Everyone looks so young in all these pictures. All right, well, like Caitlin said, the, the line is winding down just a little bit. There's Jason Cronkite. Can I get Jason to come over real quick? This time he's not flying. I'm not flagging up down. Just hey, this is uh, Jason Cronkite. He's uh, one of the gentlemen helping put this together. Man, this is a beautiful event. A lot of people here. Lots of people eating, having fun. Yep, it's a good time. We're happy everyone's here. Yeah, we uh, we were talking about how I wasn't going to eat, but man, I saw someone's plate over at the Grace Memorial table. I was like, doggone it, I might have sent Carter over there to get me some biscuits and gravy. Maybe when they start speaking, I'll run Yeah, over. I'm about to text my brother to bring me a biscuit. <laughs> And so this is put on by the Christian Businessmen's Business Council. And if people want to get involved in that, what's the best thing for them to do? Uh, best thing to do is go to nbprayerbreakfast.com, and you can learn more about the organization and what the event is and the speakers. And we also have more information throughout the year when we put on uh, special lunches where we have speakers come and talk about their experiences, what Christ has done in their life, and just share their testimonies. Awesome. Very, very good, man. It's a great event. The place is packed. It's uh, very, very encouraging. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Looking sharp, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aaron. Sir. Aaron Headley just came up, and so uh, tell everyone where you're going to college. Uh, I'm going to Baylor University. I know this other girl who's <gasps> going to Baylor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no way. 
Sikkim Bears. Sikkim. Awesome, man. Congratulations on your graduation, you. by the way. Have you seen Ashley Marco anywhere? I saw her earlier. You see her, send her over. I know she's probably getting she's ready to do She's on the other side. Poor Tayton. Sitting here with my coffee breath. Carter can actually carry his plate with one hand. That's, uh, Look at that. that's pretty good. What'd you Carter's get, big guy? Sharp. Don't spill on the computer. <laughs> Lots of see, he got the biscuits and gravy. Yeah, I he did. Know. Right on point. He looks good though. <laughs> Carter always looks sharp, and he's oh not. He is what we would have called in my high school a preppy. Yes, he is definitely. <laughs> me, me and Carter are both preppy when it comes to clothing. I had one of the greatest collections of those Ralph Lauren. Hey, man. What a great morning. What a great morning. How are you? Oakwood you. Baptist pastor just walked up. Terry Adams just rolled. Hey, here's she is. Hey, and here's Ashley Marco. <laughs> yeah, we got Luke on here earlier. Now you, we have lady? Ashley. Um, Ashley Marco just rolled up. We were we were playing a break, uh, a bump. We played your dad's bump, and on cue, boop, he walked right up. My dad? Yeah, your dad. <laughs> and we're like, oh, did you know Ashley's doing? I didn't know she was part of the program. You gotta talk to your parents and tell them these things. So. I don't okay. even know these things before they happen. Are you kidding me? I learned like two days ago. I'm doing this. No, Ashley, I'm guilty of the same thing. We did the Keep Pressing Christmas and her concert, parents even know she was and coming. I didn't even tell my parents until I was broadcasting. And I was like, oh yeah, I have to grab my headphones. And they're like, what? Why do you need your headphones? And I was like, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell you. I'm starting to get a little bit of that with Evan in eighth grade. He actually dropped a line on me that I drop with my family all the time. They'll ask me a question, and I'll say, if you needed to know, you would know. Oh. And, and I said, do you have homework tonight? And he goes, if you needed to know, you would know. <laughs> and I was grabbing him out of bed and wrestling him on the floor and stuff like that. But uh, So you're graduating in a few weeks? Uh, yeah, actually uh, next Saturday. You know, my son announced a few months back that he wanted to go to Texas A&M. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> His aunt Rachel went to Texas A&M. Um, but that's where you're headed, right? Oh, yeah, Giga Maggie's. Giga Maggie's. You'll see Emma Douglas and Libby Douglas, of course. Yeah. Uh, quite a few folks from NBC are going out to A&M, aren't they? Or uh, only two this year, only actually. Only two, okay. Yeah, most, well, myself not included, three myself included, but there's usually more people that go, but this year it's, it's weird. There's not there's not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Lots of kids you, uh, from my school are going to yeah. A&M, or they're going to Blaine, which is the junior college in College Station, with hopes to transfer in. Yeah, so. and they tell everyone they're going to A&M. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> Texas A&M is a superior school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a really uh, attractive school to a lot of people. I see the mayor, Mayor Castile. We'll see if you can right, come thank over. Thank you so much, Ashley. Have a great thank congratulations you. on your you. impending graduation. Hey, hey Mayor Castile, how are you? Good to see you. How are you doing? Very well. Baron Castile just walked by. And there's Thor. Yep, Thor Thornhill. Well, your dad's got a good seat. Yeah, they moved one of the crushed press tables up to the front, so it's really nice. All right, folks, we're going to run out of bumps, but we'll be right back after this. Listen live or listen later. This is One City Under God.
All right, I see the mayor like looks like he's getting ready to to speak. Once uh once they get into the program, Caitlin and I are just gonna uh, turn the mic over to the house and let you guys listen in. And uh, the New Braunfels Christian Academy Choir is gonna be singing here in just a minute. So I think we're about to get going, Caitlin. Yeah, that means we can grab breakfast. I'm sorry we keep I'm sorry we keep talking about food, guys. Food is on the brain for us. I gotta tell you, I'm looking around and I see so many names of other churches and people that I wish we had had on the show. I always wanted Terry Adams on the show, but we had a pretty good run. We did. I think that's an understatement. We had an excellent run. And I should tell you, just by way of uh, thinking about it, um, I've got the first decoration for your dorm room. I'm going to actually give you our One City Under God banner to take with you if you want to up to Baylor. Aw, how awesome. Jason, I hate to tell it to you, but I've already purchased some decorations, so (laughs) it will not be the first decoration. Believe it or not, I already have my plates and my cups and a couple wall decorations. Apparently, Carter (laughs) is going back for seconds. Going back for seconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think about he, that? he thought about it for a minute and he's like, Yeah, I'm going back for seconds. Yep. <laughs> I did the New Braunfels Christian Academy uh chapel a couple times last year, so I recognize some of the kids. I'm not great with names. I'll be the first to admit that. It's okay. I'm not either, especially when they were on our radio show and I don't recognize no. their face and I've only recognized their voice possibly not very well. Um, and then they come and talk to me, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't and, recognize and, you. And don't beat yourself up about not being able to pronounce those Cambodian words. I have enough trouble with the ones oh, that we yeah. see in English. Okay. Here we go, we're going to get started. We'll get started here in about three, four minutes. Oh. We'll have to just welcome you and make sure if you need more coffee or drink, or if you haven't gotten your breakfast yet, the line is now uh, to the end, it looks like. So, again, welcome, and we'll get started here in just a moment. So, please enjoy. All right, so you heard just a few more minutes and we're going to get going. When they get going, like I said, we're going to turn the mic over to the house sound. Uh, NBCA Choir is going to be performing here in just a minute. In fact, we're getting lined up right now. And they're under the direction of Zachary Fraley. They're going to get started here in just a minute. We're going to change the mic setting to the wideband. And I'm probably going to sneak over there and get something to eat. So uh, we'll be right back after this. Hello, this is Amy Rutherford, Associate Pastor of Renew Church, and you are listening to One City Under God. Folks, we are just a couple minutes away from things getting started, so we're going to turn the mic over to the wide band. And what you hear henceforth is the live event from the Civic Center here in New Braunfels, the site of the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. Lord, hear our cry. And we'll get started with NBCA Choir here in just a second. <laughs> Lord, hear our cry. 
turn to your ring. I'm gonna go with you. Again, good morning, everyone.
mom had asked him to do. And she said, what is wrong with you? This is not normal. And uh, the first thing he said was, I've got a pain in my side. I think I'm having a wife. <laughs> so with that said, out of the mouth of babes come great things. I'd like to ask Pastor Phil Cogman to come forward and offer our invitation. Let's pray. Almighty God, loving Heavenly Father, your word tells us that you raise up leaders, that the nation that exalts you is a nation that will be exalted by you. And so, Lord, we come inviting you to this place today, asking you for your wisdom and your strength. We ask for you to guide us as those who are followers of you as we each play our role in the life of this city, in our state, in our nation. We thank you for Mayor Castile and for the role that he has. We ask for you to give him and all of the leaders of our city the wisdom that they need as they guide us and make decisions. We pray for the leaders of our state, for our governor, for all of the senators, for all of the representatives. We pray for those who are in law enforcement. We ask for your protection and your guidance for them. And we pray for our national leaders. We pray that you will give them the wisdom that they need and that each one will recognize in humility that we stand under the grace of a sovereign God. This morning, Lord, we lay ourselves before you in gratitude for the nation that we have. We thank you for the members of the armed services who have, throughout our history, defended the freedoms that we enjoy. And this morning, we do not take those for granted. We recognize they, too, come from your hands. And so, Lord, this morning is your time. It is a time for us, in a prayerful attitude, to lay our lives before you. Thank you for this food. Thank you for the time that we have together now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for asking, Colin. And over the next couple of seconds now, we'd like to ask you to, to stand, and we will have the uh, the posting of the colors have already been done for us this morning. Uh, Lindsay Settler will uh, lead us in the National Anthem. Arthur Johnson will lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. So please stand as we honor our country with our National Anthem.
job, and thank you, Mr. Fraley, for your leadership there. I'd like to introduce to you our Honorable Mayor, Baron Castile. Baron. Good morning. What a great way to start off our National Day of Prayer here early this morning with each of you in this great city. I, uh, I have to tell you that uh, I was thinking about prayer and prayer in my, in my life and who taught me the prayer, who taught me my prayers, my family and then my church. And, uh, and as I left my home, it wasn't too long after that that I attended Baylor University, who taught me every day to pray. Um, just as you go off into the world, how important it is to have these institutions that are always mindful, that uh, keep uh, honoring our Creator and our Savior in our daily life. And uh, now as I teach my own child, my 10-year-old, on his prayers, that I get the opportunity to, be, uh, to tell him why we start each a governmental meeting, every proceeding with a prayer. Because as we go through our life and in the service of others, we cannot do so without honoring our Creator and our Savior. So with today, let's be mindful of that and go out and serve others and be mindful of our Creator and our Savior. And I'm so happy to be here with you today doing that. Thank you. I'd like to introduce to you Ashley Marco. Ashley is a student at the Broncos Christian Academy, and she will uh, read the Old Testament reading for us this morning. Many of you have impacted my life in such a positive way. 
teammates, coaches, teachers, and all those things. Really uh, uh, grateful to be here and be able to spend some time with you. And uh, uh, Mayor Steele, uh, honored guest and others, uh, thank you for serving, especially our public service committee for serving in your capacity. Two years ago, I promised a young man I said, well, if I can, I'll go to your wedding. Uh, being as they may, as they were, he told me a few months ago that his wedding was the week before the Mayor's prayer breakfast. So I said, all right, I'll be a man of my word. So I flew over to India last week and spent the day at his wedding. It was a great time. Go see kids. Anyway, there's a drone in front of the front of them. I don't know if you can see that. I was amazed at this tiny village uh, way out in India that they actually were flying a drone at a wedding. I thought that was only in Hollywood. <laughs> but, uh, it was a very sweet time. And as an American, you're almost like a rock star. Uh, many places I go in the world, people really love America uh, for the most part because we're a land of freedom and a land of opportunity and they hope their country to be that way. Uh, taking a lot of pictures and a lot of selfies. Who uh, comes to be taking selfies? Um, just a quick outline of what I'll be talking about this morning. My life before Christ, how I became a Christian, life after Christ, and the impact of prayer on that. Several years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, the late Adrian Rogers on a TV broadcast talked about, he asked his congregation, what is most underutilized natural resource in America. And, you know, answers were a lot of gas, uh, solar power, wind power, human resources, those kind of things. But his answer was that prayer was the most underutilized natural resource. And I would say that's very true even to this day. I was uh, fortunate to have very godly parents, grew up in a Christian household. And uh, my mother Genevieve is here. Uh, my father, Nelson, was Orthodox here for over 30 years, passed away in 2001. I was the second of eight children. I was able to play all, all three, uh, three sports in high school varsity sports, which you could do back in the day. It's not quite as easy now. And I was uh, fairly, fairly uh, fast, so I was able to uh, get the attention of a few colleges. I was uh, going to church, and I felt good in church. I was uh, moral. Uh, I kind of felt God had created the, the earth, but uh, after that, there was a natural order was set up, and you step back. More of a deist type theology. Um, so I shipped off in 1981 and went up to West Point. It was, uh, I thought it was a difficult place. Here you are, top of your high school, but then you go there and everybody goes to the top of their high school. <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was difficult. But I taught you a lot about discipline. I know my mother was upset because here I go to West Point, you have to get your rooms all perfect and pass inspection and even your socks have to be perfect. And I came home for for a vacation and my room was a wreck. So I was like, what have I done since you were there? 
after I had gotten there, I remember begging the driver of this vehicle to stop so I could take a photo with these kids along the road. And I'm glad I did. But um, I paid them a dollar. I think they wanted money, they didn't really care. I left the screen white because probably two or three days after that I was asked to take a patrol um, and drop them off in the desert. And after I had done that, I was driving uh, back out on the, the regular paved road. And over in Egypt, uh, in the Middle East, in the desert, they kind of dig the roads out and crown them on top. So they uh, you can go off the road here in trouble. So we were driving uh, down the road, another guy and I, in the Jeep. And the, I had noticed that the, when I put the, put the brake on, that the tire kept, or the, the Jeep kept pulling to the left. So we were going around a gradual curve, and I pressed on the brake a little harder than normal, and it seemed like it locked up. And it immediately shot off the road, went down an embankment. And the last thing I remember is hitting and it hit the windshield. Now these Jeeps back then, they had no roll bars, no seat belts, no cab, they were just sitting in there. And uh, I just remember uh, being knocked unconscious and here, uh, seeing a very bright white light. Uh, it was all encompassing, it was like really called love. It was a warm light. And then I heard thousands of angels singing hallelujah. And uh, so it was, it was a wonderful feeling. It lasted just briefly and then I woke up and then I realized that uh, the Jeep was in the trap of stuff on the, the Jeep was strewn everywhere. And uh, the other guy was okay. He was conscious but he was waking up. But I had terrible pain in my back and I knew that I had been paralyzed at that time. But it was interesting that that void that was in my heart was still at this point because I felt like I'd seen a revelation of, of heaven. So not long after that, some Bedouin guy came up and uh, tried to help me up, pick me up, but of course I couldn't stand at all. They just left me there. They eventually got uh, American uh, observation post that was down the road. They came in a helicopter directly uh, back to. Israel to Tel Hospital, where I was for about two weeks. And at that point, uh, I was given a Bible, and I would open the Bible, and I would read the parables of Jesus, and they just exploded on the page. There was uh, it had real meaning to me. All these Bible stories I had heard as a kid, uh, they were true. There was heaven, there was a hell, there was God, Jesus had died for our sins, and all that. So the Holy Spirit had to be well. But then I had to come to the reality of the fact that I was the death that you know half my body was paralyzed from then on. And then there was going to be two typical grief stages to that. And the soft stage, denial, and the anger stage, of course, like, why me, God, why me? And you know, when I was crying out to him in anger, um, he would respond to me with really just love and peace. So I think he, God loves the communication, no matter what stage it's in. He understood. Uh, I got stuck up in the bargaining stage zone for a while. That uh, I was like, okay, I'll be the best Christian you ever saw. I'll get you a human. And then went on and on and on this healing thing. Always wanted to heal. I was searching through scripture about how God had, and Jesus, and some of the disciples had healed other uh, people in the Bible. I saw one um, 
you know, remember in Matthew, it talks about the uh, paralytic. I think he was paralyzed from his birth, and his friends knew that Jesus was teaching in the house, and they dug through the roof and lowered this guy down in front of Jesus. And there he is. There's a the scripture, and I'll read this, Mark 2, 2-5. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the words of his Jesus. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men, being unable to get to him because of the crowd that removed the roof above him. And when they had done an opening, they left him the palace in which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, You're healed? Now, he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus, aware of his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the prayer that your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and pick up your mat and tell us why? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet and went out to the sight of everyone, so that they were amazed and were glorified God, saying that he had never seen anything like this. So, it was a hard lesson to swallow, but it taught me a lot about the character of God. Christ demonstrated in this parable, I feel that. God is most concerned about the condition of our heart above our physical condition. And I knew God had a lot of work to do in my heart. So it changed the way I prayed. Questions came up like, God, okay, that's fine and dandy, but why did you allow an injury? You could have stopped it from happening. I had to come to the grips with, is God sovereign or not? You know, I think it's the foundation for the Christian life. No. One of the notes in Bible State Fellowship where they attend that God determines not only the limits of the planet and the boundaries of the earth, for its nations, He determines all things. Nothing occurs apart from God's purpose, nothing surprises God. So we have to trust in the Lord, we have to have faith, which is a prerequisite, and then we rest in His provision and protection. And then, Colossians, I really love this uh, passage in Colossians 1. For by him, Christ, Christ, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. He is for all things, and in him all things hold together. I come across scriptures and psalms. David said, uh, It is good for me that I was a of that, and they learn thy statutes, the law of thy mouth, and bring to me the mouth of the gold and so Prior to my accident, I had no interest in learning scripture. Learning about God. After the accident, I did. And uh, we have to look at our life as it's just a vapor. You know, we talked about, about talked about vapor mist in the morning and it burned off uh, by the afternoon by the sun. And I'm 52 now, but I can remember vividly 30 years ago, and I'm sure many of you can too, that this life just passes so quick. So you, you step back and you look at the big picture. Is it worth it in the long run for eternity that you know the Lord and you serve Him versus having a complete life physically here but not knowing the Lord? And of course, the answer is yes. 
we see that God has a wonderful plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29:11. Many of you know this verse. For the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Sometimes we don't. God doesn't reveal why, and He doesn't reveal His plan. So we have to trust that He doesn't reveal it, but He still has our best interests at heart. Deuteronomy 29:29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons. That which he reveals, he wants us to know, and he doesn't. We simply trust him. And then, of course, faith is required. And without faith, we must believe He who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those who seek Him. And it goes to the terms because, especially the middle term, sanctification, was an issue for me. What is? Why are? Why are there setbacks in life? Why? This happened to me. What's the big picture? And of course, justification is a big term, but basically, that we stand righteous before God by the atoning sacrifice of Christ alone, not by any of our works. Should sanctification is that lifelong process that we're all going through, becoming more Christ-like through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, through the experiences of our lives. We become through sanctification, we can become a vessel that God can use to accomplish His earthly purposes for His glory. And then, of course, glorification is when we get that new body and soul in heaven, sinless, praise our Lord Jesus Christ for eternity. And I think I had a glimpse, maybe, with during my accident when I was not conscious of what we can expect in heaven, which is going to be a wonderful place, a wonderful time. We'll never look back when we in here. So, justification of Christ paid our sin debt while we were yet sinners. Not according to us, it's what he did for us. He calls Paul, a person who knows a new God, well, has suffered quite a bit during his life. Romans 8 28, and we know that God calls all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those who he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. So that's what's happening during this life as Christians. We are being conformed to the image of Christ. Sometimes it takes setbacks and trials. Many times it does, the way we learn. And uh, Paul says, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal or the prize of glorification, of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So now when setbacks occur, instead of asking, you know, why me, why now, why, why, why? God, you are sovereign and you will last so far. What are you teaching me at this time? How may I learn from this trial to guide me through it? And, you know, there's no reason to waste time uh, worrying about it or arguing. God's got a lesson somewhere very deep. It's not that it's, gonna, it's not going to change me. We want these trials, you know. God frequently comforts us in all our afflictions, so we may be able to comfort us for any afflictions with the comfort that we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as nothing the prize are ours and abundance, with the comfort is abundant through Christ. I felt that I think this, this is a thing that pain physicians notice, it's called the consultation, where the physician is at the bedside and he's uh, not quite sure what to do with the patient who consults Jesus. But I feel that this accident 
prior to my college and high school, I was pretty much self-absorbed like a lot of young people. And what I'm aware of people suffering around me, and I after my accident, it's made me a much better position, much more capable of having understanding the suffering and being able to help in that way. The other question came up, like, I'll be interested and able to accomplish many things with professional problems and for short life.
solve so many needs, especially uh, surgical needs for heart problems, cancer, those kind of things. And it started the fibro C3 nonprofit, killing a throat. And we were able to help with, with chemotherapy. This young guy had a tumor uh, in his leg and had an amputation. But fortunately, he had not passed by a single lung, so he was a bit of a high, high cure rate. And of course, this kid had rheumatic heart disease where you have strep throat and your body attacks, uh, the antibodies attacks the heart valves. They can scar down and they can go into heart failure and die at a young stroke. He came in too late. And that's his grandmother waiting for me to do something, but at the time, it was too late to die later. So I knew that this is something we have to fix. If we can raise the money, we can do the heart surgery. So you can see that the, the uh, advantages that we had several heart surgeries after that, raise the money. A lot of you and uh, a lot of trauma on the roads so they overpack the vehicles. And how about that? People uh, sitting in the back here, they sit in a little, little road circle. And it's just an accident way to have this terrible. Um, I spent a lot of time in the provinces helping the rural pastors uh, with their congregations. And uh, a lot of children in Cambodia, 50% of the population is under the age of 30.
Lots of young uh, Cambodian boys are not monks for either a short or long period of time. So and they're always interested to chat with you. I mean, I've been there long enough, I can speak the language pretty well, so we get to chit chat about things. And, uh, you know, young boys like to ride in them, so there you go. Just took a couple of those from the car. And uh, they'll do a lot of this uh, pumping water out of the pond. There'll be some fish down in there, and so I was driving down the road and said, Hey, show me your fish. So you can see them all excited to have a big fish for dinner. This lady, who, uh, she sells a uh, mango on the side of the road, she drives a car party. And uh, people have to carry uh, patients from their villages sometimes a long way uh, because there's no road infrastructure. So somebody mentioned the first six. Church member, so I went out and they were carrying him along these rice back to my car. And uh, started with four residents, family practice residents in 2012, and here we are. Uh, three years later, then we have uh, 24. So, really grown a lot. Very excited to learn, and it's not just me, there's other doctors that come from Europe and from the States to help teach. I'm the one that helped start it out. There, probably six months a year. And we teach them uh, all kinds of practice uh, procedures and diagnosis and treatment. See all kinds of patients there, uh, mice to uh, uh, lots, of, lots of women who come to many who don't come. Like men everywhere, they don't want to open up. And uh, I always got to confront this lady when I get back. Where have you been? You know, why'd you leave me? So, I'm just there right now. Frequently, the patients, because they're very poor, don't have money, but they want to show their appreciation. So I'll get some live crabs every once in a while or a big bunch of uh, coconuts. <laughs> we got some uh, patients come in. Uh, you never know what's going to come through. Door, and there's really no specialty referrals. So this young woman had lupus, as you can see, really affecting her quite a bit. And this young woman had scleroderma, affecting her joints. It's very difficult to treat. This guy had psoriasis, uh, severe psoriasis. And he has been suffering, can you imagine suffering from that for 10 years at this point? So, with some methotrexate, we were able to help him out quite a bit. And this guy had uh, so basic gals. We got some physicians in the audience, so I thought, like, see how advanced the diseases are, but finally get through the door. And this woman had uh certificate, and we treated her steroids. She's been like this for years, something. And just within a few months, there she is, cured. So it's nice that I have the experience that I have, and I appreciate. Uh, I'm working through offices here with several of the specialists, and I really appreciate you allowing me to come in the office because it helps me uh, treat the patients back and, and get more to teach. TV uh, is uh, everywhere, and by the grace of God, I've never turned positive on any of my tests. So I take precautions, but it's everywhere there. And I have to do ultrasound, but I'm not an ultrasonographer, nor am I a radiologist, so see videos and read textbooks. And as you can see, in this uh, pericardial disease, this is guy 4 a.m., they call me, this guy can't breathe, and we do an ultrasound in his heart, he's got fluid all around his heart, and he 
TV, we're not sure, but you can be compensated. So draw the fluid off his uh, heart. So as you can imagine, uh, anxiety, worry, and prayer for wisdom. So uh, I get a little concerned because I'm the only one there at night quite often. Weekends, uh, Jesus, uh, excuse me, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice be anxious for nothing. We're going to everything by prayer and supplication. But thanksgiving that you request, you may know the God and the peace of God which you have is all comprehensive regards your hearts and minds in Christ But if any of you likes wisdom, let it ask of God and give all generously and without reproach and we be given to him. So let's pray for anxiety, pray for wisdom, and God's sovereign in it that happens according to the good. And uh, the last thing we'll talk about is just some of the patients that have helped uh, in the last few years.
At this time, we'd like to ask the uh, Christian Academy Choir to come on up and sing for us again. And, and uh, Dr. McLean, if you'll come on up and join me on the stage, we will be ready for it.
Center. Y'all have a great day. You've been listening to One City Under God.